Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glenna. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're talking about the episode Menace Anyone, which is from season two, episode 20, and originally aired on the 6th of April, 1986. This is a pretty special episode, and I know we're really excited to talk about it. Just really quick before we go into the synopsis, the writer of this episode only ever wrote one episode of Murder, She Wrote. I think you'll see why as we discuss it. Um, (laughs) It was a man called Robert Sherman, who is better known as one of the Sherman brothers who are um, Oscar-winning composers who wrote the music for Mary Poppins. So they were two-time Oscar winners for Mary Poppins and seven-time Oscar nominees for movies like The Magic of Lassie, Slipper in the Rose, Tom Sawyer, and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And so this is Bob's foray into writing for Murder, She Wrote. So the episode finds Jessica at a tennis tournament, um, which is being run by her former student, Carol McDermott, who's played by Linda Hamilton. Carol is dating a tennis player that's participating in the tournament called Brian East, played by Brian Cranston. The tournament is being run by the, I think it's the Green River Racket Club, which is run by Elliot Robinson, who's played by Van Johnson. The other people involved in the tennis tournament are up-and-comer Sissy Barnes, played by Kelly Maroney, and Donnie Harrigan, played by Doug McKeon, who are the big stars. Also working at the tennis club is Doris Robinson, played by Betsy Russell. And also involved, sorry, is Donnie Horgan's, or Harrigan, sorry, agent, <laughs> Mitch Mercer, played by Dennis Cole. So what happens is, in a odd series of events, Brian East is blown up in a car, and then the investigating officer, Tad Travis, is stabbed in Carol's house, which leads everybody to believe that Carol has committed these murders because she has lost her mind. We then find out that Carol has a sister, I mean, this just derails so quick, has a sister called Barbara, (laughs) who had a drug problem and died in a plane crash three years ago, but Carol's insisting that Barbara's still alive, and Doris, who's Elliot's daughter, is saying that she also thought that Barbara was still alive, and then, lo and behold, Barbara is still alive, (laughs) but not involved in any of the shenanigans going on here. A long story short, Doris has been committing all the crimes because she used to date Brian and was still in love with him and hates Carol. And meanwhile, Van uh, Johnson, sorry, Elliot, the character Elliot, has been covering up for Doris because he loves his daughter. And so he was going to murder Carol to cover up the crimes. So yeah, it's not very straightforward. That's probably the longest spiel (laughs) we've had. Um... So yeah, I, I I think I said this in a previous episode. This is an episode that I think about constantly. I used to have a, a Safari tab up on my phone that was just menace anyone where I would just frequently Google it to see if anybody could tell me <laughs> if there was something that happened on set when this was being filmed that caused this all to kind of go crazy. So yeah, I, I don't know where people really want to start with this. Let's talk about the tennis tournament in the very beginning that Jessica's hosting or judging or I also have to say when Megan was setting up the view I read it out loud and I was like oh menace 
anyone. And then I felt like a fool. And I was like, tennis anyone. Because I didn't know it was a tennis-themed episode. No. Why would you know that? And, and uh, yeah, and so I, I just had questions like, oh, she's hosting it? I mean, I know she's like a pretty prolific, uh, you know, mystery novelist, but like, they make enough money to host an entire tennis tournament? Well, it's weird because it's like a charity ter- tennis event. They make reference to it be a charity tennis event, but then they keep being like, it's all business and people are not going <laughs> to like do their contracts and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you're not making any money. So for the tennis players to try to pull out of a tournament that's for charity for children seems <laughs> odd. I kind of felt like it wasn't, um, like she wasn't hosting the whole weekend. It kind of felt like she was brought out there like at a baseball game where you throw the first pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like disappear into the background for the rest of the games. I know they told her to keep it short. That was my favorite bit. Like, I've been told to keep the speech short, so on with the games. And so you're like, yeah, seriously, you got to keep that cop shut, Jessica. <laughs> Is Van Johnson alive or deceased? So Van Johnson died in 2008, but he was 92. Okay. Um, and Van Johnson, this is one of three Murder, She Wrote's he was on. He was a big star in the sort of, like, I was at World War II era films. I think he, I think his IMDb page said he couldn't serve or something. So he was in a lot of, for I think medical reasons or something like that. I thought you meant serve at tennis. And I was like, well, he also could not play tennis. But. Oh my God, the tennis scenes in this. I was like, how many lobs are we going to see? Is this the professional game? Okay, two quick things. I was reading about Van Johnson because the name sounded familiar while we were watching the episode. And then I was thinking Vandekamp's Pickles. Is that right? Like I was getting everything confused. (laughs) So I was like, let me just clarify who Van Johnson is. And apparently he was like, the um like male leading roles in the 40s while a lot of actors were serving in world war ii so there was a lot of openings for those roles and that's how he came about because he wasn't serving overseas during world war ii oh is that what it was that yeah okay back i think there was like he like it said he had trouble finding work but I, i think he had a very prolific career so i don't think it was that hard I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure Ashley. Do you listen to You Must Remember This, the podcast? Yeah, I'm sure there's one where they talk at length about Van Johnson. I no, he was like a big star. I just you know that host is married to Ryan Johnson, who did Knives Out and Looper. What really, Ryan R I A N? Yes. Oh my God, that's so mm. funny. I love her. I think she's I great. Think- um, and then my other thought was to the person who doesn't know anything about tennis, it looked like a great game. <laughs> I'm not trying to be so judgy, but I was like, Oof, these are some killer shots from Van Johnson. It's just so slow. Like not even just the Van Johnson ones, even the young men ones, they're like, I'm just going to shoot it up and let it bounce. And, let it up. and you're like, all oh, right, okay. I thought this was meant to be. But they take it also seriously, even though I guess it's meant to be a friendly. I, I don't know. I mean, it obviously isn't a very high grade tennis tournament, but yeah, they're it, all taking it very seriously. That made me laugh really hard. I mean, it sounds so mean, but like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, <laughs> the funny thing is, 
you start there and you're like, yes, tennis tournament, murder she wrote, match made in heaven. I love this. And there's a lot of zingers at the beginning, which we can talk about in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into some mental health stuff that it just like, and then like the thing where you're like, oh, there's a sister and nobody knows about the sister. And is the sister real? And it quickly turns into this. I mean, they even have a shot that looks like Psycho, that kind of storytelling where you're like, is it real? Is it not real? It's like, that's not the murder she wrote. I've grown accustomed. <laughs> well, and the nurse who thinks that she's an alien too. Oh God, I loved that. I thought that did make me laugh because she's a patient that's, pre- that's pretending to be a nurse that just, <laughs> but she's quite nice to Jessica. I mean, she's obviously. Oh, she's like a patient? A nice I think, I, think yeah. I missed that. The nurse behind her is saying like, oh no, she's not a nurse. She's a, she's a patient. <laughs> Yeah, because the first up through, spoiler alert, Brian Cranston getting blown up, um, it's a pretty straightforward murder hero. You're like, okay, right. Like you said, like tennis themed, Linda Hamilton. <laughs> Linda Hamilton, she's engaged. We see Doris making out with Donnie. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? <laughs> You know you're in for a real rough road with Murder, She Wrote. I'm telling you, when it's not a poisoning or a bludgeoning. I know eventually we did have a poisoning, but when it starts with a bomb, it's like, what is happening here? This isn't cozy like their budget had increased and they were able to afford like a car blowing up because they show this the car blowing up like two or three times just like right over right back to that it's like, i always wonder like where in line the episode is because traditionally they have like sweeps you know like in the fall oh the- yeah I'm always wondering if like the big budget wackadoo ones or like the sweeps one where they're like just like yeah we're just gonna go for it because this, this was, was April, April, right? So maybe they were trying to get picked up. Yeah. I mean, Ashley, that makes a lot of sense. Because we had a bomb, we had a stabbing, and we had a poisoning. I mean, they're throwing Double everything murder. at the wall here. Triple. Well, not, yeah, attempted. Well, so that's what I wrote down. I said, are there any double murders in Murder, she wrote? Because the last couple of them, there's only been one. And then... Yeah. I wrote this down right as the lieutenant went into the house and then my answer, I got my answer. It's very odd that the cop dies. That is, I've not seen that uh, in other ones. I don't think, I might be wrong, but that is, because the cop's meant to be the antagonist. So to get rid of him feels weird. And especially... I mean, what's, I don't know, especially to have it just be an arm emerging from a door. So this is what I'd like to get into. I know I'm skipping ahead here. So it is Doris. Dor- the actress who plays her is literally in two scenes, right? One scene where she's just drinking in the office that her father works in, presumably alcohol. I don't know. Yeah, he and had a pretty was- sweet bar set up behind his desk. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I thought it was cool. That's like 80s businessman stuff. Like, you got to have some scotch. got to have some <laughs> real selection. And then, obviously, they only had that actress for, like, I don't know, two days or something. So they film her scenes. But it felt like, at some point, they changed their mind about who they wanted the murderer to be as they were putting the episode together. And they switched it to Doris 
because she's not in the flashback scenes. All you see are little feet running around. (laughs) (laughs) She ran in the door and then stopped and turned around and hid in a closet. And you're like, oh my God. And an arm emerging. And in the end, the dad's the one admitting all the crimes, not Doris. So we're not approaching the person who's actually committed the murders. And when they say, where is she? He says, sedated at home which is a whole other thing because we've had now two women so sedated during the course of the episode that they can't be interviewed by police officers. Well, and she's sedated at home with a nurse. And if she is this like mass murderer, like surely like (laughs) leaving her with some poor unassuming nurse is like a terrible idea. I guess you're supposed to think that she's just blinded by her hatred for Carol. So she won't hurt the nurse because she'd only kill Carol or something to make it look like Carol did it. Even the laying the groundwork to establish that Doris hated Carol was like non-existent. I know we never see her with Brian. They made one mention of them being engaged. Yeah, laying the groundwork, like they laid the groundwork with Sissy being like hating Carol, you know, or like other people sort of like- Even Barbara. And yeah. Doris, they make one mention, okay, that she used to be engaged to Brian, but that also she almost wants, engaged. Almost engaged. I love that. Oh, oh yeah. they were practically engaged. But that she also wanted um, Carol's job. She went, but the thing is, <laughs> if the Brian thing, and she makes reference about the job, but they obviously felt that wasn't enough of a motive to blow somebody up and what's weird is about the brian thing all they would have had to show and maybe they had this on the cutting floor is one scene of her hitting on brian and him being like i'm not interested anymore doris and then her going off with donnie because what we see she doesn't care about brian because she's busy making out with somebody else so who do you think they originally had as the murderer that's my real question i feel like sissy barbara maybe i think it was van johnson I think they wanted him to be the murderer, the main person. But they realized they couldn't have 1940s America's Sweetheart be the <laughs> maybe? <laughs> it's too raw for people. It was too, the people couldn't handle it. They weren't ready. Do you think you want to be the murderer? Like, do you think, like, do you think it's one of those ones, like, I don't know, it feels like, like a, I don't know, Soap Dish is really my only reference for how I think <laughs> made even though I worked on production sometimes but like they don't have the full script and then they're getting pages as they're filming and then like Van realizes like at the end that he's the murderer and he's so (laughs) So they're doing all this b-roll with like feet and hands of ladies and then like that actually Doris already went on to another job and so they're like we got to make it the kid the daughter and like just kind of cobble something together I'd watch that. That sounds like a great plot line. See, this is all I wanted, Ashley, is I just wanted someone who had worked on the set to have written an interview where they were like, the craziest episode to work on was Menace Anyone. Because Van Johnson (laughs) came in and he was like, there's no way I'm going to be the killer. My fans will not tolerate it. (laughs) They love me too much. I'm American sweetheart. (laughs) Do you have any idea who I am? There's no way. I would have never signed up for that. He's like, spoiler alert, I was in the cane mutiny. No, thank you. Not going to be the murderer. (laughs) You're not paying me enough, guys. Guess what? 
<laughs> and just like, wait, I want to call his fans Vans fans. <laughs> They're rabid. <laughs> Wouldn't they be called Fans Johnson? Ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I think this leads quite nicely into like my little uh, treat for this episode. So it's not about Van Johnson, but it's about another fan of another um, cast member. So Dennis Cole, I while we're watching the episodes, I tend to keep open the IMDb page so I can keep track of the names and, and what's going on. And I landed on his <laughs> no, I know. IMDb. So and great. It reads like a piece of fan fiction. I will not read the whole thing, but I just want to start with like the first sentence. Right. Dennis Cole, a virile beefcake blonde of the late 60s and 70s, small screen. Dennis Cole certainly had it all going for him, but tragic circumstances prevented an all-out successful career. A rugged TV version of Robert Redford, his tan, chiseled, surfer-fit looks were ideally suited for crime action and adventure stories, and he gained ground by appearing everywhere. Daytime soaps, primetime series, mini movies, <laughs> you name it. And if you don't believe me, please, I beg of you, look up this IMDb biography. You guys, it's a, it's a trick. Glennis is just reading from a Word document on her computer. <laughs> Wait, what was, the, what was the tragedy? He had, he liked the, the booze. Oh, oh, okay. I mean... That is in him. It's like there was that actor we looked up his IMDb and it was clear like maybe his mom had written it. And it was that's what that felt like. I mean, Dennis Cole's biggest fan wrote that. AKA Gwyneth. What I want what I want you to do is to take your minds back to the sound of murder, right? And we uh-huh. had a character in that episode called Mitch Randall, who was only at the very beginning. So when I'd written the research I'd done for that episode, I'd also written it down for Menace anyone. And there's two characters called Mitch. So when that guy showed up, I thought it was this guy from this episode. And I was like, I'm not sure I would describe him as a virile beefcake blonde. <laughs> so just like kind of like greasy old man. And I was like, oh, this is so weird. <laughs> I mean, there's well, so I many. the first word and I was like virile for... Just like starting at that point is like a pretty strong start. And then it just kept, I I don't know, it just, it's saying. But are they wrong? He is kind of a beefcake blonde. Yeah, he, I mean, you could tell that he's like a hunk. And I also like that this character just straight out the door is rude to Jessica. Like, (laughs) Like, they haven't even interacted and he's just like annoyed with her and she's, can't handle yeah she just can't believe it I thought there were a lot of really good burns in this episode like when Jessica says I can remember when tennis was a gentleman's game and Linda Hamilton says you've got a good memory oh the beginning of this is just zingers left right and center I mean someone I mean obviously Bob Sherman wrote it but (laughs) who knows who punched up this script because I like this one only God can make a monkey Mitch I'm just telling it to play by the rules. Said so, thank Carol. That was my favorite. I was like, whoa. I also liked you need glasses, old timer. Yeah, when horrible <laughs> Harrigan is having his meltdown and he says, 
that it's a flotilla of nearsighted buffoons. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Harrigan was inspired by John McEnroe? Yes, totally. yes, I'm sure. They're like, young people go nuts for McEnroe. He also had <laughs> another one when they're interviewing him just mere moments after Brian Cranston has been blown up and he mentions explosives. And the the detective's like, well, how did you know it was explosives? And he goes, what else do you blow cars up with? Cookie dough? <laughs> so good. <laughs> Nailed it. And I love that it's dynamite. <laughs> that feels so, dynamite. I don't know. It's like, now it would be like something, like a chemical compound. But now it's, it's like, I got a stick of dynamite. It feels so like roadrunner or something. I'm sorry, that's probably really offensive. I'm so confused as to like how when you like, usually when they start the car, you know, in the movies, then it blows up. But like, how do you, how, <laughs> like, I need to know the logistics of a stick of dynamite. And then did he like fling it in the car? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never really thought about it. I was like, maybe there's some kind of spark. And then it- Do you buy sticks of dynamite like one at a time? <laughs> or was he waiting there just like lighting it right before he drove off? Right. <laughs> come on, no, Doris come on. did it, not- Oh, you know. Doris. Right. Also, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite burns was in the very beginning when Mitch is like to Carol, he says, you need to get with the program. And <laughs> Jessica, he's like, and you I can do without altogether. <laughs> <laughs> they all think it. They I know. all think it about Jessica. Here's a question for you. Did Jessica know Van Johnson's character from before or had they just met through Carol? It seemed as though they had awfully familiar. Sure. But he is with a lot of the ladies. Yeah, that he like hits on anything with like Don't tempt an old man. (laughs) I mean he's wearing a lot of girl. (laughs) He calls someone (laughs) doll baby. Or no, maybe no Mitch. Only a Vera beefcake blonde would call someone doll baby. Megan. With the tan, chiseled, surfer fit look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Robert Redford of the TV screen. <laughs> I love it. Wait, is he? Wait, let me just check. Oh, no, he has died. Yeah, he has. Um, he, he yeah, it's rough. You know, it's funny. I don't know what, what to talk about first. This, this whole episode is like a slice of Swiss cheese. I mean, there are so many. Holes. <laughs> like, I. Like, <laughs> I'm still laughing about you saying that someone's just chucking dynamite into the back of the car because it doesn't seem to be hooked up to anything in the car. I think Glennis had trouble lighting it. They're like, like just trying to light it. One of these is going to take. Had Robert Sherman, that's his name, right? Our writer. Mm-hmm. Had he written, I know he did music, but had he written the plot for anything else? ever he he had and i can look it up um but he this was the only episode he did a merge show but he only has i think it's about like 10 writing credits i mean he's <laughs> he's got so many composition credits like oh, sorry let me just go on here soundtrack credits he has over 200 okay. soundtrack credits well so now because you said he did the music for bed knobs and broomsticks right 
Yes. Oh, oh, actually, he, interestingly, he wrote the screenplay for Tom Sawyer for The Slipper and the Rose and The Magic of Lassie, all of which he also did composition for. So yeah, he did do a bit, but it, there's so few of them. It's interesting that he wrote whole movies and so then- So this is my like made up backstory for this is that they met, <laughs> okay. they met on Bedknobs and Broomsticks. They became like really good friends and he's like, I have this pet project I've been working on for like 30 years. And then she said, okay, you can put it in a Murder, She Wrote episode. And he just went hog wild. And, and then Van Johnson came in and ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not blowing somebody up. Are you crazy? <laughs> He's like, let's put in a, a dead sister that may or may not be dead. Let's go with that instead. Speaking <laughs> of dead sister, um, and let me know if you don't want to jump to here, if you want to save it for later. But that groundskeeper at the graveyard with all of his sass about the unadorned uh, tomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he was really, really upset by the whole thing. Anyway, he had a, like, <laughs> what did he <laughs> say? Uh, people care even less now. Dead is dead to them. Like, he was very upset. He and was I, sassy. Yeah. I liked him. And then she tipped him? Well, to, pay, to look after the grave, because she felt bad that nobody was looking after who she presumed was Barbara's grave. I, yeah, so. I don't know. And then let's talk about Barbara for a minute. So the whole episode, we're led to believe that Carol be crazy, right? And the thing is, they talk about it like, oh, Carol couldn't let go of Barbara dying. And so she, and it's like, and they were confusing their mental illnesses, right? They said that she was schizophrenic. They said she sort of alluded to her having multiple personalities and kind of interchanging those things, even though they're not related. and. They also, it's like, if you have somebody that actually believes somebody to still be alive that is dead, is that not also a very serious mental health issue? And she just seems to be working and everybody's sort of ignoring this. And it's like, so we're led to believe this person is like a totally like well-adjusted, whatever. And then the sister comes up and she completely has like, has a complete psychotic break, seemingly. And it just felt a little bit like, okay, so she's just waiting to be, it's like, they, it's, it's, obviously they don't, haven't thought a lot about like, mental health <laughs> stuff, but it just felt so weird that she would be like totally normal in the first 30 minutes. And then like uh, completely, like when Jessica asked her about Barbara, she says, Barbara's not dead. Even though everybody else has told her that Barbara is dead. And actually Carol in that moment does not know that Barbara is still alive. So was that not kind of confusing? No, she does. Or did she? No, she does. Because yeah, Barbara had come back a week before. But to, for Carol, everybody else thinks Barbara is still dead. And Carol now knows that Barbara is still alive. And Jessica explains this away by saying she couldn't accept that Carol that Barbara was still alive. And it's like, yeah, but that's... I don't know. That feels like a really serious thing that kind of just gets glossed over and uses an explanation for why she's she's potentially murderous you're saying that like a week ago she finds out her sister is still alive and she is rem- handling it remarkably well <laughs> yes. yeah that's, that's she can't accept yeah. i see what you're that's saying i for some reason thought barbara said a few months ago about something and i don't i i don't know 
again, there's a lot of facts flying around and a lot of like loose timelines. So I don't. Well, what's she joined the group a few months ago, I thought. Okay. Oh, yes. right. And Doris saw her a few months ago or said okay. she's seen her a few months ago. So was Doris telling the truth about seeing no. the fight? No, she was lying to make it seem like Carol had been pretending to be Barbara and lie and um, fighting with herself. Wow. Yeah, and I thought Barbara was a real jerk for not letting her sister know that she's still alive. Also, the fact that she... <laughs> so the reason they think she's dead is that a hitchhiker robbed her at knife point and stole her identity and was able to get on a flight, I guess, with the knife. <laughs> and just... Then the plane crashed and Barbara let it let it slide. But I, I mean, it could it not have been a car crash? Like, why did it a plane crash is such a big deal? And it's right. like the fact that yeah. Jessica would not have heard of this, that she would have no idea that Barbara had died in a plane crash when she and Carol seemed fairly close. And I, I don't know, it just felt but then I guess how do you explain if she's in a car accident and then not in the accident? I don't know. I don't yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, with with the Barbara stuff, it's like I think you're supposed to assume that she's in such like a drugged up, alcohol fueled den, and then she joins AA or whatever the group is, and she meets a man, and that's when she finally comes around to. It. I mean, I think you're supposed to assume she's been like boozing it up hard for the last two and a half years, and then in the last six months, then she comes back to try and right things with her sister right and we this is now the second episode we've had in season two where we've had a former addict of some kind um although cheryl maybe hadn't given up her ways (laughs) but where they come back from addiction with the mumsiest clothes i've ever seen in my life it's (laughs) like they had to show they've reformed they have to dress like 90 year old women or something i'm (laughs) Yeah, like they can't dress like Sissy, because Sissy had some of the best outfits in the show. She for sure did. Oh yeah, yeah. Sissy was hundred percent. You can't dress very like like attention getting or very loudly because you know loud clothing means you're a drug addict or something. (laughs) Also, this is kind of unrelated, but the I thought the men's tennis clothes were very similar to what is in existence today. Shorts might be a little shorter, but Especially Harrigan was wearing a shirt, and I was like, oh, that looks pretty normal. Also, you guys, I just learned something by looking at her IMDb page, but the woman that plays Doris was married to Vincent Van Patten, who is now Eileen Davidson's husband. (gasps) She's the first wife? Yeah. Is she the mother of the sons? The older sons. sons Really? And also, she is best known for being Jigsaw's ex-wife in yeah. the Saw movies. That was all. <laughs> but it shows that she's working to this day. I mean, those movies are sort of relatively recent. Yeah, so I thought that was a fun fact and kind of crazy. She looks great. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does look good. She was cute then. She was only 23. Yeah, she's not she very in this old. Episode. This actually has a very young cast. So Brian Cranston and Linda Hamilton are only 30. Um, Dan- Donnie Harrigan's 20. Sissy was 26. And Doris was 23. 
so yeah, and the others are mostly in their forties, apart from um, Van Johnson, who was seventy. Wait, and you know what's funny? But not to be—I would never judge Murder Shiro. That's not who I am. I love it very much, but. The fact that Linda Hamilton was in The Terminator in 1984, which is, by all accounts, a huge hit, and then two years later, it's <laughs> Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It makes me like her even better, but it, it it's awesome. What are you saying, Megan? I'm, I don't know what I'm saying. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just laying out the facts and having the audience draw their yeah, own. Yeah, I'll let you guys, I'll let the, our listeners decide. So speaking of Sissy's outfit, I also want to raise Doris's outfit when she sat at the desk. So this is my worst outfit. She is wearing <laughs> this like really uh, shoulder padded long um, jacket with a stretchy waist at the back. Um, and the pattern is like a gray plaid. But the plaid lines aren't straight. They're like zigzaggy and like really like edgy, like 80s edgy. And it looks like the lapel is like super long and her hair is teased within an inch of its life. And I thought, just thought it was amazing, but also like awful at the same time. It's a lot to take in. Like I <laughs> love Jessica's judging look in the beginning when she's at the tennis tournament. I thought that was great. But, oh, man, Linda Hamilton's outfit, that long green. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. Another outfit that I didn't care for, the white one. Mm -hmm. It was kind of weird. And then it had, like, flowers at the bottom of the top. I don't know. It was a lot. I thought most of Linda Hamilton's outfits were not bad. But the one at the beginning was terrible. Why was it so long? But you know what I loved was Jessica's, like, sporty ensembles, because obviously she's at the tennis tournament, so it was, like, a lot of cravat work. <laughs> like, light colors and stripes and just sort of, like, fun casual skirt suits as opposed to the more formal skirt suits we've grown accustomed to. Mm-hmm. But I thought she looked really nice. And actually, the red dress she wore when Van Johnson... Um, I mean, was trying something on with her on the dance floor that had a lovely cape to it. I was like, I like this. Yeah, he was getting a little friendly, a little too friendly on the dance. He's like, I didn't put this blush on for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want his relatives to come after us. No, no. I mean, that because when she's telling that story about seeing, like, she must be the world's best actress because it's like. I could see through that story, you know, her like over the top stories, Jessica says. And it's like, I thought it seemed legitimate. <laughs> she was telling the truth. I also thought that party looked super, super fun. I don't know if I said that already, but I, I was like, I would love to be at that 80s party. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love when they open the scene and people are dancing and it's that 80s sort of like sachet sway mm-hmm. dancing where it's like... <laughs> Like, listen, anyone can do it. <laughs> Come on, participate. I can't tell if I want to be there because I'm in quarantine and haven't been there for <laughs> about three months, or if I actually want to be there. But I think I actually want to go. I think it would be fun and yeah, put on your '80s finest attire. And the only thing about it, and I don't mean to pick. The lighting was awfully bright for it to be a nighttime 
party. I know <laughs> they need it for the show, but it's like, it felt like they had neon lights. They're sort of like, <laughs> above them, to just keep it flooded with light. So everybody's shenanigans when were very Doris visible. Doris and Donnie are, are making out. It's just like that, like, you might as well be stood like center stage with a spotlight dropped on you. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so bright. Um, it, was, it was a tad bright. Jessica says your moves aren't bad either to Van Johnson. She I feel like they're. Old, I feel like they've. They're like buddies from way back. They must be like so long. Like I, I'm sure they've co-starred together a long time ago. Is there a way to search one actor and see if they've co-starred in another episode? Like, or you can if, if you look up that actor and you do find on their IMDb page, and you just put murder. That's what I've been doing to figure out if they're on multiple episodes. Who were you asking? Who are you thinking of? No, I was just thinking. Like, I wonder. You know, it seems like Jessica has a lot of friends, like from right years of work outside of murder she wrote so i'm always just wondering like is there a way to see like if they've done work together before oh i see yeah it doesn't imdb have a thing where you can enter two names and it'll tell you if they're what they've done together yeah i think you're right um not no, that this I... is an ad for imdb <laughs> <laughs> i know well no imdb is so or helpful your search engine of choice for yeah whatever you want related yeah. Thing. Well, some it's funny though because she does seem to remember her friends a lot, and you know I think like Van Johnson, even though Linda Hamilton is probably the biggest star in the episode, it's really Van Johnson's episode. He's in it more than she is, and eventually they like sedate her, and she's not seen for like twenty minutes. So it's mostly him. So that's interesting. That I don't know that he's. I don't know the name above the door kind of thing. Yeah, I'm okay. I think yeah. okay. They were in a movie called State of the Union with Katherine Hepburn and Adolf Menju. Okay, and yeah, they were both in that in 1948. Oh yeah, there's and then um, till the clouds roll by in 1946 and remains to be seen in 1953. I have not heard oh, of Oh, wow. These. But yeah. are you a big June Allison fan? Are you? She's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm indifferent. You know, Which one's June Allison? I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of my dad, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I always love when I get confused for your dad. It happens more than you'd think. <laughs> Ashley's dad and I have very similar tastes in TV so and movies so but no it's fine I don't and know. you guys sound really really similar so we do honestly the well no I shouldn't say I'll edit this out but every time your dad would answer the phone at your house <laughs> I was like does Ashley have a guy over <laughs> like 25 on the phone I don't know what it is about <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry that's just a little side note also um, there's rumors that van johnson um was a closeted homosexual oh yes interesting van johnson and that he was forced into marrying people by the studio to prove oh. that he, he also had a a tough childhood his mom was an alcoholic who left the family and he wasn't close with his father so 
Yeah. Poor Van. I wouldn't want to be a murderer on Murder, She Wrote after yeah. that bio either. You know, yeah. that's actually a good point because it says that, you know, in contrast to his cheery Van screen image, his ex-wife claimed that he was actually like morose and moody and that he had oh. little tolerance for unpleasantness. So maybe, but now I'm trying to think in the other episodes he was in, if he was ever the murderer. I don't want to like spoiler it, but. I doubt it. (laughs) Although he did try to murder Carol. I mean. Well, he just gave her some pills. It wasn't that big of a deal. (laughs) You're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) But then he put it in the drink, but then she had the bottle because it was laid out next to her when they found her yeah but then it was a secret that the drink was drugged also why in that moment why would she accept a drink from she didn't know that doris had done it like she so she didn't know that he had an ulterior motive for for dragging her there um and i'm looking at his msw credits i don't think he ever was but he's also in that episode from season one where there's the driverless car (gasps) yes he's the inventor right i remember this yeah (laughs) that one is top notch crazy (laughs) i mean like okay let's let's go into our thoughts on this so we've we've talked about favorite outfits we've talked about worst outfits Let's delve into Biggest Hunk, because I would say we've got a hunk-heavy episode here. I know we mm-hmm. thought A Lady in the Lake was a double hunk, um, and I said it was a triple hunk, and nobody agreed with me. <laughs> but what do we think the hunk rating is here? Because we've got Brian Cranston looking, I thought, pretty I mean, good. Yeah, real good. He looked great. Okay. He did. He looked Luna's fantastic. Got another Luna's Kyle situation <laughs> on our hands. <laughs> I mean, poor old Kyle's gotten booted out of the fan fiction. Well, I mean, <laughs> I need to change our settings to include explicit content. If we're gone another. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say we need to change our underwear. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now we definitely need to now change our rating. I draw the line there, Ashley. Just talk about hunks booties. Um, but I mean, I think it's just Brian Cranston and. Mitch Mercer, or well, you- not Donnie, mm. even though he's kind of mm. not that. He's very young, I suppose. How old is he in this? Twenty. Well, he's twenty in real life. By the way, I just want to throw in a caveat, just in case, like people. I am doing it by the year, so I'm not doing it by like if they're born in July and the okay. episode airs in uh, February, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the year they turn twenty. So he may have been nineteen still when this was filmed. But just, I just want to clarify that because I'm too lazy. <laughs> and Mitch Mercer, <laughs> Mitch Mercer was in his 40s, like mid 40s. 46. Yeah, he's he's pretty cute. The only one I couldn't get an age on was Barbara McDermott, which was annoying because I would have been interested to know if that actress was older or younger than uh, Linda Hamilton. Because to me, she looked maybe a little bit older, but I couldn't tell. But my thing with her was if, I know I said this before about the plane crash, but it's like, would Jessica really not have known anything about this girl? If she taught Linda Hamilton's character, did she not also teach her sister in this tiny little town in Maine? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. 
I mean, it sounds like she was in touch with Carol, but maybe not that closely. And that Carol had reached out to have her help with this charity. Right. I don't know. But she said something rude quite like the episode opens with Carol and uh, Elliot Van Johnson's character playing tennis and Carol falls over and she says to Jessica, she says, I fell on my fanny. (laughs) 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 And I was like, we are off. (laughs) Because she didn't know she had a sister at all. Well, she did know she had a sister, but she didn't know that she died in quite a big, like, sort of But does it, in, when way. she's looking at the photo, she's like, oh, if that's Carol, right? She's like, and who's the other person? Her sister Barbara. I yeah. think it's just because know. Barbara has her back to the, like, you can't exactly tell who it is. But no, she asked about Barbara, I thought. She did right away. She did say, why don't we call Barbara? And mm. And Carol's like, Barbara? also i'm gonna do an impression it's not gonna be very good but the way van johnson said carol he's like carol i mean (laughs) that's pretty good needs a little work but it's you know so we say this is just a oh you think two hunk episode okay mitch mercer and i mean donnie doesn't he's i don't know no i get my radar um okay so who was everybody's favorite guest star brian cranston (laughs) <laughs> he's hardly in <laughs> I love I him okay <laughs> I mean I guess Van Johnson I, I never really thought about it because I always think of this as Linda Hamilton and um, Brian Cranston but I mean I don't know he's, he's pretty good I mean I put Van Johnson down but then when you read his wiki page it sounded like he was a bit of a Joan Crawfordy like mommy dearest like with unpleasantness. I don't think he had any kids though that that makes it you know but again yeah Um, what's the time on this bit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he did have a kid oops um I mean, I, I put Van Johnson. I guess I would I would do Linda Hamilton too. Um, yeah, I would say Linda Hamilton. She's. I I think it's a shame what they do to the character because I, it would have been more fun if she solved the episode with Jessica or if she's the one who's like Jessica, I need help because I don't. Blah, 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 blah. But instead, she's like they sideline her by making her seem crazy, and it's I don't know. Oh, she just unravels. Well, she does. And then the whole rest of the episode is people going, Carol, Barbara, Carol, Barbara. You're like, I forgot which <laughs> one's which. Wait, who was in the sanitarium? Who had to drive 200 miles? I was like, I honestly cannot remember what's going on. When you did that, it reminded me of Chinatown where it's like, my sister, my daughter, my sister, my daughter. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Murder, She Wrote's answer to Chinatown. <laughs> Carol, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, because I do feel like half the episode is Carol Barbara, and you're just like, what's happening? And, and honestly, because the names are so similar in my mind, because they're both sort of like standard 1950s kind of names, it's like, I don't know who they're talking about no more. Carol Barbara. Carol Barbara. The scene where they're going through Carol's, sorry, I just got confused by that. Carol's house. <laughs> And it's silly Van Johnson has totaled the place. 
right? Are you? Is it him or is it Doris? They say it's him. Ah, and so and so he's gone through and he's like ripped photos of herself. He's also planted very obviously uh, TNT uh, (laughs) explosive. Um, and a wig that's like not really red, but like is meant to look like it could be a red wig, and like thrown the whole whole place like upside down. And he's, I don't know, I like he flipped like some of the furniture. I didn't think he was like that tightly. <laughs> right, and you'd think if he'd just done it, he'd be in like a and carry a brought a woman into drug. He'd be in a little bit more of a sweat, but he's cool as a cucumber in that plaid suit. <laughs> And even when he confesses, he's like, he's like, yeah, she's my everything. She did it. She's crazy. She's sedated. Like, what's up with, like, shouldn't he be, like, in jail for sedating all these women? Like, I'm also, like, more worried if his daughter is, like, that unhinged that, like, she would. And listen, the real question is, why didn't they just get the wig from Emma <laughs> slash Barbie back yeah. and put it in the <laughs> why go on this whole roundabout thing with a wig that doesn't look anything like Barbara that's all I'm saying they have oh, it we right. know they have it to hand <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know where he's getting all these pills to sedate all the- <laughs> right. well it was the 80s I feel like pills were there were pills all over the place Doris just popped a few pills right in front of Jessica and I'm like what's happening <laughs> no I feel like you there weren't as many restrictions. <laughs> like, it is, because it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm just going to take a couple of Tylenol. But it's from a prescription bottle. She's like, I'm a bit, uh, my nerves are a bit unsteady. <laughs> like, Let me just take these. I just love when Van Johnson was like, yeah, Barbara turned up stoned. on <laughs> What? Like marijuana? And it's like marijuana wouldn't make me like lose my mind. Anyway, I was just laughing at like the dated reference to the wacky t- Right, like I feel like Barbara's a sick girl. By sick, I mean unstable. Like, <laughs> oh, right, oh, God, okay. Yeah, I feel like at this time it was like weed was so bad, but like pills, you could just <laughs> just go nuts. Willy yeah, Nelly. Valium, whatever. <laughs> Goofballs, go nuts. Goofballs. I don't know. <laughs> He's just I mean, like knee deep in lewds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, um, <laughs> so, okay, so we've got that. I just, let's, before we go on to the final half of the segment section, I'm just going to go through a quick rundown of the stuff we didn't have just to check it off. No thunder, no secret doors, although, I mean, I guess, like, Doris knew the inside of Carol's house, like the back of her hand, to, like, be able to, like, scramble around like that, and just see those little feet going. Um, no phone wire cutting. <laughs> Although when Jessica calls <laughs> the police, when she finds Carol in a huddled mess and the cop dead on the floor, she's like <laughs> calling the police. And she goes, like covers up the mouthpiece, like Carol, who did it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe now's not the time, Jessica. She's sort of a mess. Um, interestingly, in, despite the content, we had no she shake. I thought for sure someone was yeah. going to shake Carol. And no, um, Susanna, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but no window peeps. Okay, I will let you tell you right now, I had a window peep. Was and there? the window peep 
was with, with Doris's made-up story. She said she peeped through the kitchen window and saw oh. Barbara and Carol fighting. I see. I'll never not find a window peek. This is my life's to, work now. <laughs> I try to question it, and then you, I, yeah. <laughs> so we got that. We oh, fake name and ID, I guess. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, for she shaking. I know someone wasn't shaking her, but Carol was shaking by herself in the corner. And then right. window peeping, there wasn't peeping, but Jessica eavesdropping when the cops are interviewing <laughs> one that saw, she just like saw the explosion. She's just like casually wandering around listening <laughs> in the background. I loved that bit. It was, it was a peep from a, like a archetype sort of peep. And she playing with that clip on earring to pretend like she's doing something. I was like, Jessica, you sneak. <laughs> <laughs> um, fake name, I guess Hitchhiker and Barbara. Yeah. The Hitchhiker pretended to be Barbara. It's sort of loose. Um, the fuzz. We were introduced to a cop that was taken away from us quite quickly who obviously liked Jessica and then introduced to another cop that thought she was annoying, but also included her quite quickly in the investigation. And <laughs> in everything. Was, they came to that Carol's house with Jessica. I was like, this woman for all we know is deranged and like <laughs> homicidal. And they're like, just bring this old lady along. Wait, and which, which cop is the one that tells her, I know that head shaking look. That's the first cop. That's Travis. So he's the guy I recognized more. Um, and he's in two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. He shows up as a cop, I think, again, in a later episode. But the one that's in it more is Detective Sergeant Len Berger, played by Brian Primus. And he's in only one episode of Murder, She Wrote, but he's in Righteous Kill, Grudge Match, and 15 Minutes. So he must... Is that Sylvester Stallone, all of those movies, or...? I can't remember who that is. Robert De Niro? I don't know. One of those guys. Um, <laughs> I'll look it up for the... <laughs> well, I just love that the second cop was so mean to Barbara. Like, everything she said, he was like, well, you're a terrible sister, so I, I mean, hope you feel I'm with him. Yourself. I hated Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, with him. Like, he didn't even call her? <laughs> yeah, no. Mm -mm. Not a Barbara fan. Yeah, and this is one where the cop gets annoyed with Jessica. Like, it's either one or the other yeah. that pulled her into the investigation or get annoyed with her. And he's like, this is not advice. This is an order. Stay out of it. It's interesting. You're right, Ashley, because we had both in this one. The first cop wanted to include her, and the second cop seemed not to want to include her, but then did anyways. Um, I mean, she can't be stopped. So. Well, and also, could the, not, the first cop not have just told her it was a cemetery? He went, check out this address, oh, yeah. and that'll explain everything. And you're like, oh, it's just like a grave. Why couldn't he have just right. said it's like, this is where she's buried? Right, he could have just been like, no, you're right, that was... That I forgot me. about that. Yeah. And then she loses money because she has to tip that crotch. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm out of pocket. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Detective Travis. That is true. <laughs> Go to this address. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it all will be explained or nothing um businessy business we had the running of a tennis tournament mm -hmm. and all we saw was the highs and lows of the combustible world of tennis players pulling out of contracts and re-entering contracts yeah. and 
then when Carol goes back to work after Brian's died, she has to check some receipts. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. I guess the manager of the tournament is also checking receipts. <laughs> well, I'm like, surely they would have given her like a few days off after her boyfriend blew up in a car. Well, I think they'd asked her to, right? And, and then- she said no. Right. Even though surely that would be like a force. Well, and there's a couple of things with that. The night before, Jessica is so worried about her mental health that she's talking to her like a baby. Like, Carol, are you sure? We're home, Carol. Time for bed, Carol. (laughs) Like, it's like, okay. She's like, Carol, would you mind if I stayed with you tonight? Would that be okay, Carol? (laughs) Barbara, Carol? And, um, (laughs) and then, Sorry, what was I going to say that she says all that? And then also Carol says, so she says, well, what about like Barbara? And Carol says, just because Barbara's come back doesn't mean I want to see her. And Jessica does not know A, that Barbara's dead and that B, that she's actually still alive. So in the next sequence, when she finds out that Barbara is dead, surely she, her mind would have hearkened back to that comment from Carol Barbara. And she would have thought to herself, whoa, she maybe really does need time off because that right. isn't a crazy thing to say. But no, yeah. she's like, she needs to check those receipts. <laughs> They're not going to check themselves, guys. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, did we ever do Glennis's guess? I was going to do it. Oh, yeah, we can do it now if you want to. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. Have we no, I mean, I had a plan, checklist? but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Honestly, my favorite bit, one of my favorite bits from the previous episodes is when you said that you were embarrassed about your guest for the sound of murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> like, how everybody's as likely as anybody else. Like, honestly. Okay. So who was your guest for this well, one? And again, it's like the same story. Like, I know that it's like 15 minutes before the end and they always announce the murder. Like, seven minutes so my guess is always gonna be wrong (laughs) (laughs) I mean the problem is this episode I don't know how you would unless you just it was like a pure guess and you landed on Doris because I don't know what yeah would this is what I'm saying that I think that it's all they changed the only thing the only bit of evidence we get is the arm is a woman's arm that stabs the cop. And if you are even remotely following the timeline of the Barbara Carroll, is she dead? Is she alive thing? You would maybe think Doris's comment was a little bit weird, but then also maybe you wouldn't. Maybe Carol is, whether Barbara's alive or not, isn't actually important to that story because Carol is unhinged. I don't know. I I think it's impossible to know watching it. Yeah. Well, so I guess Carol, because at this point, it was pretty convincing that, you know, she was completely unhinged. And like, you know, maybe she did lash out at the cop. And so it it seemed plausible, but I knew, I knew it wasn't right. This just, (laughs) I felt like this one, you, I don't know, it would be really hard to correctly guess. I mean, you have to be, like, you have to have been involved in the making of the show to know that <laughs> it was, like, the, the Dead Heat episode. The person who killed the guy, um, the veterinary doctor, um, <laughs> <laughs> he 
um, <laughs> that woman was only in like maybe like five minutes of it at the beginning and then you never saw her again no you're right Glennis yeah I mean I this all makes sense of Susanna's point that they changed their mind mid-episode and that they or they didn't have this actress for enough days or whatever Van Johnson was difficult whatever it was <laughs> just totally made up that Van Johnson was like a complete nightmare on the set. <laughs> He's like, where's my makeup lady? Well, I feel like he did have this image of being this like cheerful guy. So maybe he just, he was like, he I'll be- He might have been professional. I mean, he might've still been professional on a set, except when they want to make him the they were friends. He actually trashed that house. Like they just ended up using- <laughs> <laughs> They're like, God, Bruce. Van's <laughs> in another movie. <laughs> It's like we got incorporated into this story. Pull Bob in, get him to do some rewrites. (laughs) Can't let the public know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so just to square this off, no age ain't nothing but a number because everybody was aged appropriate. Um, Smooches, we did have a makeout from Doris and Donnie, but because her hair was so large, we didn't actually see their mouths touching each other. So yeah, who knows what happened there? Um, Familial ties, we don't have any, except that this is an old student of Jessica's. Mm. I closed head shake. I don't think she did do that, but she just looked kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, he references it. The cop does that she, he knows she does that, but she doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't actually, she doesn't actually do it. But you're right. I think she is just like bummed out. So before we go on to our favorite moments and our overall rankings, I just wanted to add a couple of things. This is (laughs) Susanna's time now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Good. Got it. Well, Susanna did did request this episode so I did even though technically it should have been your pick because it's your birthday week but I'll pick the next one I think it was kind of you to pick this one um of one trope that we haven't talked about yet is when Jessica's shocked at being recognized and that happened in this one someone Mm. says oh I know you from your books she's like oh you know who I am it's like Jessica you're so crazy famous you're hosting a tennis tournament for crying out loud on the last line of the episode was Jessica saying, I think you guys are going to see a lot of each other, you know, from now on. And the look on Linda Hamilton's face, it's like, oh, great. Can't wait to have Barbara back in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Thought she was gone for good, and I guess not. (laughs) Like, oh, Barbara, my favorite. Great. She's like, I think I want to see her. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to hang with Barbara. Does anybody else have any other thoughts before we move on to overall favorite moment and overall ranking? Um, I mean, around mental health, I think the descriptions of Carol's state of mind are pretty colorful. Mm. Um, Carol's being spooky. She's gone berserk (laughs) and she finally snapped. Okay. (laughs) Ashley, you brought up a really good line. I thought it was Carol being spooky again. So Barbara says that. And nobody's like, well, what do you mean? Right. And it's like, you know, is she, has she well, done this before? This they think that she's like a dual personality. I know, but Barbara doesn't know that. Because Barbara's just come back to town after being gone for three years. She don't know that her sister's gone spooky. And we've seen no evidence of it. 
<laughs> it's so hard to tell because I feel like, yeah, and then the twist that Carol was the one actually being treated, not Barbara. So many things here. Yeah, and I think, why are all those twists there? Like, because it's setting right. it up for Carol to have maybe like bipolar or some sort of, you know, like mental health issue. And then they switch it to Doris, who we saw twice. Well, and also because they keep saying, oh, you sent us to the sanitarium, to, to Van Johnson, to, show, to try to prove that Carol was crazy. And it's like, yeah, but she was there. Like, yeah. she was at the sanitarium. And then they say, oh, she, she went and sought treatment there up until the sister died in the plane crash. But then the psychiatrist had an analysis of her saying she couldn't cope with the death of the sister. And it's like, but if she hadn't gone back after the death, how would he know that? Either. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I mean, I don't. I know the viewers can't, or the listeners can't see it, but everyone is shaking their head. (laughs) I mean, am I thinking about it too hard? I mean, (laughs) thought about it more than anybody else ever has. (laughs) There's a lot of unanswered questions. Does anybody else have anything else they want to add? Sorry. No. Okay. Um, All right. So here we are with favorite moment slash overall ranking normally sort of do these together um glennis do you want to start sure um i mean i really enjoyed any line from donnie um but i think the you need glasses old timer when he's yelling at the the line judge was probably yeah. my favorite moment it really set the tone for like him being the bad boy of tennis calling someone an old timer yeah and what and- did you think of the episode overall I actually found this episode like a lot more easy <laughs> to uh, understand than some of the other ones. I know that there was like a lot of questions, but like compared to some of the other ones, I thought that this was like pretty straightforward. I mean, aside from like all the like ups and downs of like mental health, like that, maybe we'll just chalk it up to that being the 80s, but um, not that many characters uh and maybe because i recognize some of them i don't know i'd give it an eight. Oh my god so this is lady in the lake um sound of murder good for you sure yeah well i think sound of murder when i gave a seven you, you bumped it up to an eight Linus with the clap back oh, yeah but, yeah, but oh, listen every no. time you provide a number ranking it's eight <laughs> <laughs> dead heat was negative four but everyone else was well, i did not care for dead heat but not my favorite uh, no so i love this episode this is like a nine for me i'd say just all the and twists and turns do you have a favorite it, moment uh, it's hard for me to pick one i now rewatching it i mean the tennis scene in the beginning it's just pretty great also one thing i want to say is i really appreciate that Brian Cranston takes these, he always plays it very like, he's taking the role seriously. He's yeah. not, he's not like, I mean, I know he doesn't, he's not become such a big star until later, but I feel, I always enjoy when he's in an episode. Well, he's in three Murder, She Wrote, and yeah. then he's in two oh. Diagnosis Murders. Yeah. So he's hidden all the murder I mystery shows. I didn't realize that, because had he really been on much by this point? 
Well, no, because Malcolm in the Middle is when? Is that the is that 2000s? Maybe. And he had a recurring yeah. role on Seinfeld in the 90s, but it wasn't amazing. He was a dentist. Yeah. And he said Gary was anti-dentite. Yeah, anti-dentite. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Malcolm's like mid-late 90s, like to early oh, okay. 2000s. Yeah. So what did you think, Ashley? Um, I actually really liked it. I liked it because it was like, confusing and kind of a mess and you could kind of see that that the plot wasn't fully fleshed out and I, you got a peek behind the curtain but I kind of like that aspect and I like wondering like what did I just watch am I stoned you know like those kinds of like episodes um and I did like the to your point the references like trying to be like psycho like I was like it's trying to be um but um, but then my favorite part is the first lieutenant's reference to seeing Jessica at a lecture given at Boston College, which is my alma mater. Mm. Oh, All these parallels between you and JB. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uncanny. A Pisces who's been to Boston College, Ashley. <laughs> I mean. Why are you going to tell us that you're Angela Lance? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know if I have a favorite moment. I mean, I really like the party sequence. Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. I do like this. I mean, obviously I'm like kind of obsessed with this, weirdly obsessed with this episode, but I'm I'm glad we've talked about it because it, you know, it really does, like, I think about it a lot, mostly her feet running around the room and I'm like, how if they have filmed it? I feel like like, that has to be your favorite moment. You know what? Glynis, you're right. It is. It's that flashback <laughs> sequence where they got someone's PA to put a blue dress on and they're like, we can't get Betsy back <laughs> to, to play the part. <laughs> put these heels on. <laughs> Even though we've never seen her in a blue dress. They're like, we can't get the old outfits from wardrobe. Just going to have to deal with these ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, overall, it is quite high for me. I mean, I think about it all the time. So I, yeah, I do. I really like this one. I'm going to think of the logistics of dynamite for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To light a stick of dynamite in somebody's, I mean, you're right. It's just like, they were like, what blows up a car? I mean, dynamite. Just that, that, would, that would have been my favorite scene if that was a real scene. Is him just trying to, trying to or her, <laughs> sorry, trying to light the dynamite and just chucking it at Brian Paisley. Oh, no, that one didn't work. Okay, we've got to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> which which one are we doing next week megan let me think about it uh there okay. was there's one i would like if i can find it i'd like to watch where she's stuck in the bed um and she overhears oh, yeah. the telephone conversation i would like if we if i can find it i'll see if i can find it so yeah so we will we'll not say which episode because normally we're wrong <laughs> but um Yes. So we hope that you'll, unless, does anyone have anything else to add? Sorry, before I close out. Okay. Um, We hope that you'll join us again next week and thank you so much for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.